When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are four girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hine, and I'm thrilled to be joined today on this very special Michigan Week edition of Play Like a Girl alongside Jamie Yurich, Megan Husline, and Tia Johnston. Say hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. I'm literally so excited to have all of these wonderful folks on the show today. Uh, Alexis sends her regrets as she is traveling this Thanksgiving week and was unable to join us. Um, But we know that she's here in spirit because this is the most important week of the Ohio State year. So how are we feeling? Not good. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Nervous and excited. A mix of both. Excited, uh, anxious, and excited. My favorite word. Nervous, but excited at the same time. If anyone has seen the cat lady video from years ago, like I feel like I'm channeling that energy. <laughs> but anyway, it's I can't believe it's already Michigan week. It feels like the rest of the season has just flown by, and I don't know. I feel like I was wearing like a tank top to watch football yesterday, and now it's winter. Well, to be fair, I am still wearing a tank top to watch football <laughs> hey. because it's 70 degrees in California. Tia, how I are we wish. doing in Texas? I'm in Ohio. Oh, actually, we are not. We are not coming these- to you from four states, just from three <laughs> states today. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Texas, though, has been like raining and 40 degrees. So I'd much rather be in Ohio right now. I love winter. I love the cold weather. I'm I'm weird, but. I don't know if it was warm. I like Michigan week is supposed to be cold, gray, terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) You warm yourself up with like your inner fire. Exactly. If it was, if it happened in September, we would be too hot. Yes. That would just be bad. Like you're already sweating from nerves, you know, you especially. (laughs) Oh my God. There is something to be said too for like if you watch like I don't know I feel like watching the game it always was cold like Mirror Lake Jump always had snow on the ground and was like putting us at risk for hypothermia so yes there is a certain level of like the sun does feel actually like a little incorrect yeah it's tradition that would not that jump would not be as passionate if it was nice <laughs> well, yeah 
Yeah, because then it's just like a day at the beach. Like, what's cool about that? <laughs> yeah, you're not risking your life for this tradition. Rest in peace, Mirror Lake jump. Yeah, Aww. now it's all drained. I never got, I'm a junior at Ohio State right now, so I never got to do it. Oh, I feel so bad for you guys. I was just thinking about that when they drained it. Like, I know. Yeah, it's so depressing to walk past. It's just empty right now. I think like the year after I graduated was maybe the last one that was like a normal jump. And then the year after that, I think is when they put up the chain link fence. Do you remember that, Tia? The story yeah, well, that kid died from jumping in head first. I think I was a senior. Okay. And I think that was the last year. That was. And then they put up the okay. fence to try to keep people out. But of course, people just took down the chain link fence. <laughs> That's right. A yeah. chain link fence is not a match for 50,000 students. Oh. Um, <laughs> so now they just drain the lake completely, right? Yeah. Now it's just dirt at the bottom. So maybe we can yeah. run into a big pile of dirt now. I don't, I don't know. I yeah, did only love the one jump. day in the summer where they would drain it to clean it and they would find everything that had been left behind during the jump. And like, <laughs> we would get this email at the lantern from the police scanner that was always like, we found seven engagement rings, a hundred <laughs> something <laughs> shoes, like, and a shopping cart. Like there was a <laughs> <laughs> How did the shopping cart get there. Oh man. Well, uh, this is very exciting. Having never jumped in Mirror Lake, I cannot attest. I will say that one time I had to low crawl through like dirty water that assuredly contained gonorrhea, but probably not as nostalgic or a happy memory. But on this note of superstitions, um, I do have to address the fact that, do I say like Egan and I, Egan and Eredith's names start with a forbidden letter this week. And it's always been very challenging growing up in Columbus with a name that starts with the same letter as our rival because it just you just simply cannot pronounce words anymore also like what are you going to do with those you know when you have things with initials on them like are you going to just put in put that letter on your body like no but also yes because it's the same megan do you do you have any commentary <laughs> sorry my wi-fi just totally cut out but i gather that you're talking about how we can't say our names for the next week or so. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, I mean, I've already put the red X emoji on my first letter on Twitter, so had to be done. Yeah, maybe the DJ. The... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say maybe the move is we just come up with like nicknames for this week alone, like call signs or something. I don't know. Fair enough. I'll have to discuss, you know. My family like, and friends. Go by your last name. <laughs> exactly. The DJ on the radio announced Mariah Carey's Christmas song as Araya Carey. And I think <laughs> as like if you grew up in Ohio like I did, I think like we take that stuff for granted because you're so used to it. But truly not other cities and maybe more so in the Big Ten, it's more common. But I don't know. Being in Texas... They they hype themselves up as such a college sports town. Like they think they rule college football, but there's none of that. Like the whole entire city gets behind this like rivalry and this one game. And then in Texas, you don't even hear about it, you know? 
mm-hmm. on the radio or anything, or I guess maybe I'm not paying as much attention, attention, but being back in Ohio, I'm like, oh, this is the best fan base. I don't care. It's so fun. Might you say that it means more? <laughs> oh, don't worry. I use that line all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's so true. And like, I remember like being an undergrad in Colorado and eliminating the M's from my lexicon for Michigan week. And people are like, that's so stupid. How do you communicate? And I'm like, that's not the point. No, literally not the point. Also, like who doesn't like a little bit of petty energy in their sporting fandoms? Ohio State fans live for it. I think we're one of the most petty fan bases of all time. Agreed. It's one of the reasons that, like, we all hate Jim Harbaugh, but we all love Jim Harbaugh because he is absolutely the pettiest human maybe alive. Right, which is great because it does light a little bit of, like, fire under us where the rivalry is concerned. Exactly. I, I want to him to be the coach forever. I have not yet seen my roommate this week. And it's probably for the best because I live with a Michigan grad. <gasps> Ooh. And so we do have to like tape a dividing line down the apartment during this week where it's like, do not cross this line. I couldn't do it. That's a rough week for you, for sure. Last year, I learned something, which is that she decided to talk trash about the game, but she didn't wake up for the game. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. You may only talk trash to me if you were awake at 7 a.m. watching pregame coverage. Yes, you lost all of your... Right. Like I was like, you this you get to brag about this like once every 10 years and you've lost your bragging rights because you slept in. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how it goes this year. (laughs) The Michigan fan in my household has smartly decided to become an Iowa fan exclusively this year. So anyway, that's that's good. Yeah, he uh, he has his own thoughts and is being very encouraging, I think, based on what happened last year. Um. (laughs) <laughs> when I didn't, admittedly, I uh, spent half time working out on the Peloton because I was like, I have too much angry energy that I need to get out right now. So that was how I dealt with it. Obviously, it didn't work. The superstitions <laughs> did not turn into a win. But anyway, speaking of other teams in the Big Ten, like Iowa, um, this is the trophy week. Uh, I think this is one of the best things about the big 10. Obviously, in addition to Ohio state, Michigan, this weekend, we get to play for, I think it's like 14 or 17 can't be 17 trophies. Cause there's not that many games, but there are like 14 trophies that big 10 teams play for in the last couple of weeks of the season. So I have to ask, what is everyone's favorite big 10 trophy besides gold pants? The turtle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the only one I can think of. <laughs> Hillebuck, for sure. What are the other ones? I actually, you know what? I do have to say Minnesota and Wisconsin playing for Paul Bunyan's axe is pretty funny. That I do like. Oh, yeah. So like that doesn't involve OSU and I will always pick the OSU trophy over other schools. But 
I'm going to give an honorable mention to Minnesota and Wisconsin for Paul Bunyan's axe. That's I mean, so the axe cool is very man. cool. What about the Floyd? Is that his name? The pig? Oh, yeah. Minnesota, Iowa. Yeah. That Iowa took home last weekend. That's a classic. I, also, I am a big fan of Floyd, too. Yeah, Floyd is cool. Um, Indiana and Michigan State playing for the old brass spittoon is also funny because, like, why? <laughs> what is the point of this, like, vessel that exists for people to spit into? <laughs> this is all just so Midwest. <laughs> Every Very true. That is it really is. <laughs> the axe, the pig. I love that there's also like Paul Bunyan himself that Yes. That, right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like is that Michigan and Michigan State? Uh it is Michigan State. Who do they play for? It, I think it's Michigan. You're you're absolutely right. It's Michigan, Michigan State. And like, let's just be clear, like Paul Bunyan is like hip thrusting. And it's just a really absurd-looking trophy. Anyway. Yeah. Like, the axe is a hilarious choice, but the Paul Bunyan himself trophy is choices. Gold pants are the best, and I'm not even being biased. I feel like that one's... Because every player gets one. Granted, I don't know about the others, but I feel like not every player gets a mini Paul Bunyan axe, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how cute would it be if they like made miniature versions and like people were carrying around like little like hip thrusting Paul Bunyans for like to show their grandkids someday? I don't know. Um, I hope that they all get like little keychain versions of it. Or they should. Well, the, in that case, Floyd would be really cute, as would the Illabuck. Yeah. Aww. Any animal-related trophy for obvious <laughs> reasons. Um, but yeah, so Jamie, we know that you're going to be awake to watch the game and coverage starting at 7. Um, how is everybody else watching the game this weekend? I need to watch at my house where I can like go upstairs if needed. I, I can't watch in a big group of people this game. Like I watched the Maryland game with a big group of people. And that was too much. My family, like, they scream and, like, it's just, it's a lot. It's too much stress. I can't do it. I need to be, like, alone. (laughs) (laughs) And Tia is also pregnant, so more reasons to, yeah. That I need to keep the stress levels down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I'm actually going to the game. This will be my first ever Ohio State-Michigan game because my freshman year, it was canceled. Um, at home so this will be my first time going and I am so excited I'll probably be up at like 4 a.m love that that's uh, the bolts we'll also be up at 4 a.m uh, because we have to drive back from Iowa because I need to be firmly on my couch like you Tia to watch this game yeah you can't listen to it on the radio no well I mean to be fair the radio announcers are phenomenal I love Ohio State's radio announcers, but yeah, this is one that like, I need all the visuals. I need the colors. I need the gray skies. Yeah. Well, and if you've been on your couch the past 11 games, you can't mess that up now, you know? Yeah. Don't mess with the juju. Yeah. I mean, I was driving to Ohio last week during Maryland. I think that's what messed everything Uh up for Ohio State. Yeah. 
Yeah, we are sorry, not everyone. taking that chance. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get up at three in the morning to make sure we're in time. <laughs> anyway, uh, this sounds like a really great time that we should probably discuss what happened last week. Um, anyone want to provide initial thoughts on Maryland and what the heck we saw from Ohio State? Yes, I would simply like to say, first of all. Jim Knowles, what you have done with the defense, I have a tremendous amount of respect for you, but oh my God, if the defensive backs play like that on Saturday, we are in big trouble. Please get your ducks in a row. Yeah, yikes. Especially when both of our running backs are hurt, like the defense has to step up and they've been playing so great all year, all freaking year. And then against Maryland is when I, yeah, you can't have both things going wrong (laughs) and we know going into this game that Michigan's run game is going to be our Achilles heel like they run like 62 or 63 percent of the time and in the process are just like burning through the clock so if we can't force McCarthy to throw long which is his weak spot and potentially force turnovers we're in big trouble well I, I hate to say fortunately, however, Michigan might be dealing with issues to their top two rushers this season, but of course they're Michigan. So that Jim Harbaugh is not going to tell us. No, we but, won't know until we're on, until they're on the field. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know if you guys saw this though, an offensive tackle, like yeah. a member of the media caught up with him and was like, Hey, let's talk about Blake Corum. And the tackle clearly having no idea what the protocol was, was like, Oh yeah, we're going to have to step up without him on Saturday. So, but was that one of Harbaugh's tricks? I mean, do you think he told him to say that to try and throw off Ohio State? I feel like you never know with them. Whoa, I didn't think about that, Megan. (laughs) Also true. But hey, he's he's a little trickster over there. Who knows? He is. Um, He is. Yeah. Well, we will see. Um, But Jamie, yeah, I completely agree. If it turns out that Coram's back, Donovan Edwards is back, like. That was our Achilles heel last season. It was been our struggle this year so far. Like that will got to be a little bit different. And I agree to you. It's fascinating to watch what happened last week, given that in similar conditions where things might've not been going as well, AKA against Northwestern earlier this year, like the defense still only allowed seven points. So I don't know why, I mean, why it felt like they took a step back. Because, yeah, our expectations are too high. I also, there's obviously, we're going to be looking ahead like that. Mm-hmm. You can you can coach that out of a team as hard as you can, but I, I just think it's natural. If you are, like, pumping this game up, which, like, Ryan Day better be, then it's natural to just be like, okay, we just got to get through Maryland. Yeah. Also, Maryland has a quarterback with a very famous older brother. Well, yeah, and he has a lot of talent himself. So we should let's give credit where credit is due. He's a great quarterback, but yeah, arguably the best one we faced. I would argue certainly better, honestly, better than McCarthy. So we'll take that with a grain of or take that for what it's worth. Yeah, but speaking of McCarthy, speaking of quorum, speaking of looking ahead, let's also talk about Michigan's performance against Illinois last week. <laughs> also, woof. Also, uh, I I think the thing that was concerning is like in watching the OSU Maryland game, there were moments where I was like, 
I don't know if we will win this game. And I didn't feel that in the Michigan Illinois game. Like even though it was not a good performance and it was way too close for what it should have been at no point did I doubt that Michigan was going to come away with the win. I also don't know much about Illinois because I mean, are they decent this year? I I don't know enough. So, you know, I was really good at defense and they're really boring to watch. That's like (laughs) Illinois, except more. So they're even more boring to watch and even better at defense. But yeah, it was working for them. I mean, for the majority of the season, except the last couple of weeks, they kind of fell off hard, but they gave Michigan all they could handle. So, I mean, Illinois is a solid team. They put up a good fight. Yeah. And they're like, they're, I think they, are they eight and three or seven and four? I can't remember, but yeah. Which for Illinois, like there were years where Illinois was winning two games. So uh, this is like a very solid run for them. Mm-hmm. And we they've can address the Turner. Oh, go on, Jamie. I'm sorry. I was going to say, they've certainly like improved in recent years to be a program that you can't just ignore completely. Yeah. And a lot of that is credit to Brett Bielema in his first season at Illinois, um, turning around a program that won very few games and was not full eligible like ever in recent seasons um, and really instilling this defensive mindset. Uh, I do think he's going to be Big Ten Coach of the Year because of the turnaround, at least the most improved award. Um, But yeah, I mean, Illinois is not a lock for the Big Ten West champion. They looked like they would be a few weeks ago. Megan, like you said, they fell off a little bit. Um, But they would be a tough opponent to face in Indy. Yeah, they certainly would, especially because there is this element of when you're a team that Everyone, I mean, as OSU knows from our national championship year, when everyone thinks you have no business being there, that lights a fire under people. That's really good motivation to prove that you have every right to be there. Mm -hmm. One more note. Again, such an Iowa thing to do, but Illinois does have the number one rusher in the FBS in Chase Brown. Very understated, I know. So, like, Michigan's loss isn't, or not loss, but, like, struggle against them isn't that bad, if you put that all. I think ours against Maryland is a little bit worse, you know? Yeah. I mean, I didn't think that we would absolutely blow out Maryland, but the thing is, Penn State beat them, I think, like, 41 to nothing. So, I was like, we shouldn't have that much trouble with them. But I just think the main thing was that we were just you know, looking ahead to the game this week and kind of us underestimating them. And out both of our running backs. I really hope that that played a huge part as long as they're back this week. (laughs) Or one, at least (laughs) one one of them, please. (laughs) But maybe we could do the thing where Stroud runs again. That worked. Um, What was also interesting, I thought about kind of this pair of matchups last week. Maryland is kind of like, not to insult them, but they're kind of like the light version of Ohio State, right? Like they have a pretty good offense. They're like really good at passing. And then on the flip side, Illinois is kind of a light version of Michigan. Like they have a good defense, a strong rushing attack. Um, And so I don't know. It's kind of interesting that we sort of played ourselves and now we're going to play each other. 
yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, well, this is not helping my anxiety for the record. It's only going up. I don't think anything will help anyone's anxiety until the game's over. Yep. Yeah. I agree. And we're we're recording this on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So we got a ways <laughs> to go here. Uh, but on that note, uh, we each made our own listicle to share uh, about our feelings for the game in relation to how we generally watch the game. Um, so Tia, we can start with you on your list. Uh, and I believe it's things that will make Tia leave the room during the game. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't like I'm for those of you who don't know the most nervous fan and I don't like have fun watching games unless I'm at the game. So the Michigan game is not something I look forward to ever. Um, so. I guess the first one right off the bat would be hearing that both Mayan and Henderson are out or not 100%. I think that's going to be the first one that's going to make me lose my mind. And um, that's pre-kickoff, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I probably are not even in the room, in the room but I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> Um, let's see. I have Michigan wins the coin toss. That's bad juju. Um, Michigan gains a single yard or first down. No first downs. We no, that's not allowed. Um, any throw of the horizontal variety by us, <laughs> I, just stop it. And it's going to happen. You know it will. It'll be the first play. It will uh, certainly happen in the first set of downs. Brian Day loves this play, and it never works. Bubble screen to Emeka Abuka. Not a single time has it worked. Has has Surely somebody has asked him in a press conference. Do we know? I haven't looked it up. I just, like, why is, is there anybody in that room being like, Ryan, why? Why? <laughs> that is i want to get a press pass just to go in there and ask him that question and then i'm gonna leave. <laughs> i feel like, like someone has right. to love. you can ask it in a more respectful way like ryan what are you hoping to accomplish what's uh, the thought process there i just yeah um i mean obviously if if we're down even for one half I'm I'm probably not going to return until we're back up <laughs> and that's not some of these are an exaggeration like the coin toss I'll be fine baby but like if we <laughs> if we go down I I have to leave the room and that is true of Maryland Northwestern I I can't handle it this is a result of like a very spoiled football fan. Also, like my mom is always very quick to be like, you wouldn't have survived in the Cooper era. I'm like, no, I was born in the Trestle era. That is not my fault. <laughs> so yeah, yeah my um, earliest memories are of the like earliest memories watching football, like games I can recall are the 2002 national championship season. So I fully, I get that yeah. too. Yeah, that was probably when I first started like paying attention or was like old enough to know what was happening. 
but I'll I'll usually I will have Meredith text me something if I'm not in the room. And when I leave the room, by the way, I'm like on Twitter keeping up with things. <laughs> Cause you can pretty much watch the game via Twitter if you're like following the right people. But I'll get a text from Meredith like, what was that or something? And I'm like, what? Oh no. <laughs> was it a good that or bad that? I don't know. <laughs> Explain yourself, Meredith. <laughs> Well, it's very funny because it started with you, but now I'm like the person for like a subset of my friends to like let them know when it's okay to return. Oh, yes. You and my husband. My husband's like, Tia, you can come back. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Coming. Oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, you mentioned this at the top of the show, but like Ohio State really does have a special fandom. But like, it's also a fandom that includes people who will leave the room for minutes at a time. One time my dad went and mowed the lawn. It was in 2013 when we were down <laughs> against Michigan. My grandpa. And I caught him that. peering through the window. Yes, Whoa. my grandpa did that. I was going to say, it's funny because Tia, like you would not be allowed to watch games with my family because we are very superstitious. So if someone leaves the room and something good happens, like you can't come back. You stay. Um, and in 2013, <laughs> my mom left the room and to use the restroom. And I don't remember exactly which play happened while she was in the re- bathroom, but she had to stay in the bathroom for the rest of the game. <laughs> like, that would, would be not fine with me. let her back in this in the family room. That's hilarious. I'd stay. I would I would gladly stay in the bathroom. <laughs> um. In the like, in like the Luke Fickle season, twenty eleven or twenty twelve, and like that was twenty eleven. And then Urban Meyer's like first couple seasons, my habit was I would leave the room to go bake, and I would like bake cookies if like I was stressed about the game, and it worked out because we had like an open concept at the time, so I could like still see what was going on and hear what was going on. And then we moved, and we did not have an open concept anymore. And so when I would go to bake cookies, I would be completely lost. So I kicked that habit, much to the chagrin of my house yes. guests. Baking <laughs> worked. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Tia, uh, sincerely hoping that you can stay in the room for the whole time and enjoy the game. Um, Thanks. <laughs> we we all want this for you, maybe for our own selfish reasons. Um, Keep you up. But on the more emotional side, uh, Jamie, you have a list of things that will make you cry during the game (laughs) I will I will surely cry whether the Buckeyes win or lose like if they win it will be happy tears if they lose it will just be like tears of rage um but I will also cry if any historic footage of the rivalry is shown like oh my god it gets me every time it's so beautiful if anyone makes mention of mirror lake jump rest in peace I will cry and if anyone mentions like it's it's so-and-so's last game in the shoe. I will cry <laughs> for them. Um, if any alumni return for the game, I will cry tears of joy. And if I have <laughs> to see Jim Harbaugh smiling for any reason, <laughs> I will both cry and throw my TV through the window. It's such a creep, like not to be insulting. That's just the way his face looks, but like it's so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see it. It is like, yes. I don't want to. It's rare too. No smiling. If it happens, 
I will cry TV out the window. Okay. So we have the bonus scenario of throwing the TV. Um, Speaking of choosing violence, uh, Megan, (laughs) your list is things that'll cause you to shake your friends. I'm honestly, I'm like the worst person to like attend a sporting event with because anytime like it could be something small happens. I'll just like, it's a reflex. I'll just, you know, elbow my friends or like grab their shoulders, get them pumped up. It could be good or bad. So, you know, my friends just got to kind of deal with it when they go with me. But first thing, any run longer than five yards, if we are running vertically and it's for positive yardage, I'll probably get excited and shake them because it's kind of it's kind of a rarity. I mean, for some reason, we love to run horizontally or we just get, you know, stopped when we try to run up the middle. So I'll get excited, you know, anything longer than five yards, I'll take it. Um, but keeping with the running, if CJ takes off and he's successful, I will be going absolutely crazy because honestly, I kind of love watching CJ run. It's, I get nervous. Yeah. I get nervous that he's going to get, you know, have a big hit, but it's kind of fun and it's unique because obviously we haven't seen it up until like a month ago. So I will be excited for that. Um, I'm expecting JT Tui Maloau to have a huge game. So I expect a sack, at least one from him. And just when he gets pumped up, anytime someone gets pumped up after a sack, obviously the stadium just goes crazy and I will be going crazy along with all my friends besides me. They won't have the choice. They'll just have to, you know, get as pumped up as I will. Um, But then if Marvin Harrison's just on the field, he's just breathing. I'll be excited. I mean, that man is just, I can't wait. I just, I can't wait to see him just literally step on the field because anytime he's on the field, something great can happen. So I will be excited. Um, I am sensing a theme that like, we should never, like, we should all be alone when we watch games. <laughs> Fair. Yes. None of us, maybe we'll get like a cubicle or something, like a cubicle situation and we all have our own space. But uh, anyway. So my list is a list of things that will cause me to scare the animals. So just for some background, when I get like excited or like jump up, all of the animals around me, our two dogs and our two cats also like jump up and get really excited. And so Dave told me that I should probably like try to tone that down. Um, And I really just need to call out Tia and Jamie because when I shared this with the group, um, Tia said the Michigan game is not a time to work on yourself. Um, and Jamie said the Michigan game qualifies as sickness. And health. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is the sickness part. Yeah. Um, so point is like, I would love to not, like not cause my animals anxiety, but like it's going to happen. So we'll just accept it. And here's the list of times when it will happen. So number one, any play of more than 20 yards for either team love the big play for Stroud. That's obviously like a happy situation and, you know, similar Jamie, like throwing the TV out the window. If Michigan gets a big play, that will be rough, especially since it's not something that JJ McCarthy is known for a really good punt from Jesse Mirko will also get me excited. Maybe this is like another big 10 ism, but like seeing punts down within the five is like reason to get pumped up. Absolutely. 
Thanks, Tia. (laughs) (laughs) We're very familiar with that. Um, (laughs) Obviously, any Ohio State score will will get us pretty excited in the Hind household. And then, Megan, to your point, any Marvin Harrison Jr. thing, literally at all, um, a thing can be like, an acrobatic catch like we saw a couple weeks ago. Like, I still don't understand how that was physically possible. No. CJ just needs to throw the ball to him. I don't care who's covering him, how well he's being covered. Just throw it. Just see what happens. He'll make a play. (laughs) He definitely will. There's a 100% chance he will. The odds are very high. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, just on the point of, like, seeing what happens, like, he's just a transformer. I don't know how he can make his body do the things that he does, but he has to do like yoga. And I mean, your, your body doesn't bend like that unless you work on it. Right. (laughs) Is he one of the football players who is like of the ballet dancing variety? Because it looks like it, like he has the ballet dancer. Oh yeah, and like, with the rock? And that's like common. I, I mean, I know that it's, I don't know if it's still common, but I assume that it is like, he just yeah it was definitely a thing in like the early 2000s jamie like all the wide receivers like did ballet we're doing ballet urban meyer i don't know if ryan day does it but urban meyer had weekly yoga sessions for them huh oh nice that's fun yeah i'm sure ryan day does it too you know me i'm a big proponent of yoga i've been practicing for years i certainly cannot do what marvin harrison did (laughs) (laughs) you're not uh, as well long. anyway <laughs> no I'm not uh as we discussed yet I am like my entire body is about the size of one of his legs so uh like literally terms of, <laughs> yeah like he is he's what six five six three mm-hmm. I am not um <laughs> so yeah but anyway um hoping I, I am sort of hoping that I scare the animals a little bit but for good reason um, I mean, they have to share in your anxiety too. It's a it's a family affair. I feel yeah. like. I agree. You know, they want me to be happy at the end of the day, right? Right. And they'll yeah. comfort you if you're not. But hopefully, no, I don't come to. I that. don't want comfort. We're not gonna. <laughs> well, I do, but like we're not gonna. <laughs> we're not gonna think that way. No, don't, don't approach me. Um. Well, anyway, we'll have more dog and cat talk coming up after the break because we have our next segment dogs versus cats coming up so stay with us so welcome back to this week's edition of dogs versus cats as you know we went through all of the mascots in the fbs and pulled them into team dog and team cat there are 13 members in Team Dog and 20 in Team Cat. Um, a couple weeks ago on the show, Alexis asked who was on Team Dog from like our team and who was on Team Cat. Hmm. So we, I realized that we have to self-divide into Team Dog and Team Cat. I am the referee. So yeah, I think I know where you're going to go. I'm Team Dog. <laughs> To the surprise of no one. Anyone else can call it. (laughs) I'm also team dog. Oh. I also have to be team dog. Oh. Well, it's Alexis on team cat then. (laughs) My cat is a cat, but 
I'm team dog. Because Smokey uh, was the boy, even though he had a rough week. Oh, Smokey had such a rough week. I'm so sorry. He's it's he's graduating at the end of the season and they have to get a new Smokey and like it, he deserved better. I'm so sorry you were failed, Smokey. He won his last home game though. He did win his last home game. Yeah. So he deserves. I hope he gets lots of treats. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will enjoy a retirement that we can all envy. He probably has uh, like health insurance and that's that's absolutely true. <laughs> so um, I'm sure his retirement will be great. Yep. Uh well, on a lighter note, um Team Dog uh had a bit of a step back this week. Um they went five and eight overall after three winning weeks in a row. Um, but then team cat was super impressive. They went 15 and five this week. So if anyone wants to switch over to team cat, let me know. Um, sorry, sorry, Jamie, but Tennessee was absolutely obliterated as we said by South Carolina. Also Hendon hooker. I'm so, so sorry. It's okay. I really just, it's fine. As long as the Buckeyes do what they're supposed to do. My joy can't totally be taken, but the joy of watching my team and my brother's team match up in the playoffs is now dead because there's absolutely no way Tennessee weasels their way in as a two loss team. Yeah. No. So um, Dave's hot take on this note uh, is that LSU is going to be the Ohio state of 2014. I actually season. would love that just because there's... I adamantly do not want Georgia to repeat. Yeah. I just hate Brian Kelly. I mean, uh, there it's lose, lose in this situation. Unless Ohio state wouldn't wins it all. Love and then we win. <laughs> Brian Kelly. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you love to play and beat Brian Kelly? I would. I mean, been there, done that. Notre Dame. Um, but we can continue. Like, I want that to happen as many times as possible. That's fair. He does yell at his players. So, um, We'll we'll get to more playoff implications in a bit. Sorry for jumping the gun here. Um, more on Team Dog. So Reveille for Texas A&M finally had a good week. Texas A&M snapped a six-game losing streak, and they beat UMass because that's how they do it in the SEC before rivalry week. <laughs> anyway, uh, Team Dog and Team Cat each went one and one in cross-species matchups. Georgia beat UK, who's really fallen off the map. Um, Texas State beat Arkansas State. Uh, Fresno State beat Nevada in a dog v dog matchup. Um, and Washington State beat Arizona in a all cat matchup. So <laughs> that's what we've got. Truly delightful. There's not a lot of creativity in team names. <laughs> we can gather that from. <laughs> there are from just so this many life. animals, you know, and we're like picking. Dog and cat. You know who is one of a kind? The Buckeyes. Buckeyes? Yeah. Yes. True. One of the few botanicals and the only (laughs) nut, I believe. Correct. What's another botanical? (laughs) Jamie, you got it. Well, but they're technically the cardinals. They're the cart. Well, they're technically the cardinals. Isn't their mascot the the tree, though? Yeah, the tree. Stanford is the yeah. is my favorite mascot in all of sports. Like, I, what is it? 
the tree. It's a tree. But like the person who plays the mascot every year gets to make their own mascot outfit. Oh. You Google like the Stanford tree, you will just see like bananas chaos through the years. And I love chaos. So like the Stanford tree is um, my favorite. Like it's just always a little bit deranged and like its eyes are kind of off kilter. Sometimes you get a really angry tree. On occasion, it's a palm tree. Every once in a while, you get someone who's like, yeah, why does this tree have to be green? I would like it to be purple. Um, Sometimes they wear a top. I just Googled this, and I do not like this at all. Oh. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, I just Googled it, too, and it's you. I don't like this. It is so funny. Are they the Stanford Christmas trees? I'm confused. Why is it? The eyes are really creeping me out. But which version? Because not all, all creepy eyes. I have all of one non-creepy <laughs> mascot. Also, I I will forever be confused. I don't want someone to explain it to me. So if you know the answer, just don't. What I don't get why Alabama, like what what is the elephant and then the roll tide? And then I don't understand. And then I'm this is off topic, but same with like the Browns, like what what's with the dog? Like, but you're They're, the Browns. I don't want the elf the came out <laughs> I don't get the elf, but I love the yeah, elf. You're the elf and you have the dog, and it's yeah. just like, what are you? What's, what's up with the multiple traditions? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to say, so I know Jamie's passion for Stanford's mascot. I did just Google plant-based mascots to see if there's any other like plant non-animals. <laughs> um and vegetarian division two delta states mascot is the fighting okra okra <laughs> what <gasps> i love him Hold he on. looks like something from a from veggie tales oh my god i'm obsessed he does i really i like that better than the tree He's i got like great eyebrows he looks like the notre dame um leprechaun is I hate that guy. Oh, he's so scary. Yeah, he's the worst. I hate him. I mean, in general, when it's not rivalry week, rivalry week, that's much harder to say than it. We're should. all there. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> Notre Dame, like obvious nemesis aside, Notre Dame is the school that I hate the most in like all capacities, and that leprechaun is a large part of why. <laughs> I totally get that. I'm like enraged when he's on the screen. I don't know why. <laughs> so I have no hard feelings for Notre Dame, truthfully, just for him. We're going to add that to reasons Tia leaves the room. The Notre Dame, <laughs> the Notre Dame leprechaun appears for quite literally any reason. <laughs> Especially during like the game on Saturday. She oh, accidentally cool. flips to NBC and the Notre Dame game. Yes. I just realized that if <laughs> Notre Dame ever joins the Big 10 when they show the like Big 10 TV commercial, we're going to have to see that too. Oh, he's going to ruin it. No, I don't want I love I don't the want Big that. 10 commercial. It's the best They're commercial. Not, I know. Season. That makes me cry. We can add that. But I'll cry every year if the stupid leprechaun is in it. Well, speaking of Notre Dame and a future Big Ten opponent, uh, 
USC Notre Dame this weekend. Uh, Jamie, I'm actually very curious to hear your thoughts on the matter because I know you were hot on Caleb Williams for a little bit. I, I still think he should certainly be part of the Heisman conversation. I think USC is going to win. And I think that Notre Dame had their like nice little moment against Clemson, um, which I appreciated at the time because it helped Tennessee, but now it really served no purpose in my life whatsoever. Um, I think USC is going to win. I do love this rivalry. Um, There was a time in my life where I was a USC fan during the Pete Carroll era. Like it was like OSU was my team, but I would root for USC in their own games. Um, And I kind of love that they're back in the conversation. Like I'm not rooting for them anymore because my California team would be UCLA at this point in my life. But I like that they're back in the conversation. Okay. Okay. Um, do you think they'll make the playoff? I, I kind of did. Well, actually that's a, they have to win out and they have to win the Pac-12 title. Like, but yes, if that happens then yes. All right. Let's go around real quick. Everybody, who are your playoff teams knowing what you know now? Megan, you want to kick us off? Okay, sure. So this might be a hot take, but a couple weeks ago, I wrote a column of how possibly Ohio State and Michigan could both make the playoff. And I kind of still stand by that. I mean, let's see. If Georgia wins out, obviously Georgia's at one. Winner of Ohio State, Michigan's at two. And then I don't know. TCU is very difficult for me, especially how they played against Baylor. I don't know how mm-hmm. they're going to play in the Pac-12 or sorry, their Big 12 championship. I think they honestly might lose. And if they do, they're out. If they win, they're in. So then that leaves the four spot open. And it would come down to USC and then lose over high state Michigan, obviously. And it is so difficult. For me, I mean, obviously, Ohio State-Michigan would have to be a very close, hard-fought game for both teams to make it. But now, I don't know, after seeing Michigan struggle against Illinois the way they did, I think USC might be the better team. I mean, if they went out, they have, like Jamie said, a Heisman contender at quarterback. I think USC might take the four spot if... um. You know, Ohio State, Michigan, the way it falls out, I think USC could win if they went out. All right. I like it. Tia, who do you think? Yeah, I'm, I agree with Ohio State, Michigan. If it's a close game, I think that the committee can argue that they both deserve to be there, especially for the TV views, because both fan bases, I mean, that's just like a gold mine. <laughs> yeah, right, for sure. Especially for sure. if you play them together you know, immediately. Um, Georgia, I don't know rankings. I, I I haven't gone that far, but I don't, who does TCU play this weekend? Um, no. That's I a great question. Kansas State, I want to say. They play. Okay. Why oh, wait. Oh, they play Iowa State. Iowa State. Okay. That could be I a good game. They- that could be a good yeah. game. If they win, I think they're in. I don't know who else would be other than USC, but I'm going to yeah. go with TCU. All right, Jamie, we heard your take on USC, but who's the rest of your four? 
So I have a really, I have a really hot take for the playoff teams. I think okay, Georgia okay. is going to lose to LSU in the SEC championship game and LSU will get in. Um, I think if TCU wins out, you cannot, there's no way they can put a one loss team who's not the conference champion because like OSU Michigan, whoever loses, like can't be the conference champion. So you can't put a one loss non-conference champion team in over an undefeated team. For sure. Uh, so I think it's going to be winner of OSU Michigan. So OSU, um, TCU. Obviously. <laughs> and there is certainly a case for the loser of OSU Michigan. So Michigan getting in in the four spot as a one loss team but only if USC loses, because if USC is a one loss team that wins their conference championship, they will get in over a one loss team that did not win their conference championship. But if Georgia and LSU is a close game, would Georgia go in at four still instead of like Michigan? Mm, possibly. And this is where chaos ensues. That's good. Yeah. Possibly. I do think that the committee knows that they're like, under some scrutiny for the same teams getting in every year. And so I kind of just wonder if they would like throw it in there. The one consideration that I wonder if it would, if it will help or hurt USC is the national championship game being in LA financially, Mm -hmm. like more USC fans could go, but financially it's like less helpful in terms of like tourism revenue because people won't have to fly. And so like the airline sponsors won't sell as many flights. Um, and like hotel sponsors won't sell as many hotel rooms because people live locally. So I don't, we know that money is part of the conversation behind closed doors. And I don't know if that helps or hurts USC. Yeah. That they're a local team. Hmm. The conspiracy raises its ugly head. (laughs) No, I agree. Isn't it fascinating how just a few weeks ago, this was such like a cut and dry top six. Like we had Mm -hmm. six teams that were undefeated and four of those teams would be playing one another. So theoretically, we could have just ended up with four undefeated conference champions and that would have been the end of it. And then, of course, it never works out that way. I thought it was cut and dry until the very first playoff announcement. Like they threw me for a loop the very first time they they announced i was like okay i don't know what's happening anymore yeah I, this was even before like chaos ensued with yeah because you were you were watching without the sound on oh well, yeah i was <laughs> i mean, were like what's happening <laughs> like why is clemson four <laughs> what are they saying <laughs> i need an explanation kirk You'll, you won't get one um All right. So just bear with me here. So obviously Ohio State, because on this show, we're not going to pick them to fall. Um, And so they're going to make the playoff. And here's where it gets weird. So I I do think that LSU is going to beat Georgia. I think they're coming on so hot at the end of the season, but also Georgia's body of work, it feels like they're still going to get in. And then USC. So we'll have Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, and SC. Interesting. My four. I know it. 
And also I like think Notre Dame's going to beat USC this weekend. So like I also doesn't jive. I don't know. So two questions. Do you see TCU losing or do you see them putting a one loss USC in? over? No, I see TCU losing. It, they felt vulnerable last week against Baylor. Mm-hmm. And it feels like they're falling off it as the season goes on. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. My other question is, which is like less about, I don't know, this is just maybe the big 10 fan in me, but like, is the SEC more impressive this year? And that's why there are like so many great football teams that are two loss teams, or are they less impressive this year? Because you look at like Alabama is a two loss football team, Tennessee, which obviously historically has been garbage in the last decade, but it looked really great. I mean, Hutton and Hooker was a legitimate Heisman contender. They looked fantastic. They beat Alabama, whatever. But now they're a two-loss team. They just got blown out by South Carolina. LSU yeah. is a two-loss team playing for the title. Like, are they more impressive or less impressive than they generally are? I think it's less of an, like, I think the SEC is what they are. Like, they have good teams with really good players. I think it's more of an indictment in this case on the Big Ten because after Ohio State and Michigan, what is there? That's true. Is it wrong to say that I don't think that there's any spectacular team? I was thinking the same thing. I feel like it's a down year in college there's football. There's always a team to beat. Like last mm-hmm. year was Georgia. Every year it's Alabama. I I don't think we have that this year. It could literally, yeah. which is exciting because every single team is beatable. Every yeah. single one. Yeah. We have parity for the first time in how long? Right. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's like, what makes these uh, playoffs maybe, fun. Yeah, maybe since the college football playoffs started. Yeah, because mm-hmm. when you Agreed. when you really think about it, like everyone expected OSU to get annihilated by Alabama with our third string quarterback, and so like I would say that was a year where we had parity in that the underdog was better than everyone really realized. Mm-hmm. Um, Yep, but then and that Alabama year. team was fallible. But there are years where the Alabama team or the Georgia team could legitimately beat professional football teams. Yeah, honestly, twenty twenty Bama, like how many of those players are leading their teams right now? Arguably, yeah. last year's Georgia team was like that, where like you watched them throughout the season last year, and it was just like, well, we can just hand them the national championship. Like, yes, you always have to play the game, but there are years where one team is just clearly so much better than everybody else in the field. Mm -hmm. Last year, I didn't even want to go to the playoffs. I was like, no, I don't, we don't need embarrassed on a national stage again. (laughs) Oh yeah. The coolest thing about the playoff last year was that Cincinnati made it. That was interesting for about 10 seconds. (laughs) No, Jamie, I, I think that is spot on. It's been, what is it? Eight years. When was 2014? Yeah. Since. The first playoff and for the first time it feels like it could be anybody's game mm-hmm. which is it's great i'm happy about it oh i love we'll it see. yeah i mean we'll get some different teams in the top four not alabama probably not clemson so i'm all for some of these new teams some new matchups yeah absolutely sorry tcu just like 2014 probably not gonna happen <laughs> um anyway um we do have some time. Like I said, we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, we've got a few days before we have to let our anxiety come out in full force against Michigan. Um, and we have Thanksgiving between Hither and Yon. Uh, 
Jamie, I was biting my tongue so hard earlier when we were talking about Illinois because <laughs> you wrote my favorite piece of 2022, which was if every Big Ten team was a side dish at the Thanksgiving table. And I would love if you could share some of that with us. Sure. So Meredith, do you want to share which one was your favorite? I do. I do. I do. Um, so my personal favorite, uh, it, it was Illinois, which you called the sweet potato casserole. And I'm just going to read, read this here. Sweet potato casserole is a classic, but much like Illinois is often all over the board. So too is sweet potato casserole. Some people are out here putting whole yams on a plate. Some are topping them off with marshmallows, like a little party in your mouth. Illinois is the same way. You know, they'll be there, but you don't really know what you're going to get. Will they be bland and boring, nearly an obligatory box to check in your season? Or will they bring a little fun marshmallow action? You never know until you get there. They brought some fun marshmallow action last week. Sure did. Yeah. Like they burned in the oven ultimately, but (laughs) the marshmallows (laughs) were there. The attempt was made. In 2015, I burned the marshmallows on my sweet potato casserole on three separate occasions. It's like you have to broil them at the end and they just kept catching on fire. That's talent right there. I mean, the good news is, is you just like scrape the marshmallow part off and like try again. <laughs> anyway. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, Ohio State was bourbon apple cider because you have to have a drink at Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and if you don't drink alcohol, you could just have apple cider. But it's not about how they look. It's about how they taste. And sometimes you can have a really beautiful, well-prepared cocktail, or sometimes it will look like something that you bought at Charlie Bear or Ugly Hour at Ugly Tuna in one of the <laughs> little plastic cups. Um, and ultimately, the Buckeyes had some really ugly wins this season, like last weekend, but a win is a win. So even if it burns going down, victory does taste sweet. And then speaking of last weekend, Maryland is Brussels sprouts because... Why are they on my Thanksgiving table? Why would anyone give up their real estate on their plate for Brussels sprouts? I love a Brussels sprout on any other day of the year. But on my Thanksgiving table, it is absolutely forgettable. Even given the way that last weekend's game went, is anyone going to be talking about that after this weekend? No, they will not. We will forget that it happened. I did think it was a bold move uh, to label Wisconsin as green bean casserole. That is absolutely my favorite side dish and so admittedly I was a little offended it is also my favorite side dish but it's polarizing like does anyone on this call hate green bean casserole we don't have it yeah we don't either I mean I like it fascinating I don't dislike it I love green bean casserole so much that I prepare it for like the group Thanksgiving and I also make myself a separate like smaller casserole dish to like ensure that I have enough left over. Um, yep. That's genius. However, I know many people who think it is absolutely repulsive. And I feel like Wisconsin is a very polarizing thing. Like you either love them, that's your team or you hate them as a team. Like, I don't feel like there's middle ground with Wisconsin. Cause even though they're not our number, number one rival, like I still hate Wisconsin. I mean, I like their running backs in the NFL, but yes. But you didn't like them when they were in a Wisconsin jersey, I'm sure. Of course not. So I I see your point. 
Um, The other one I wanted to call out was that Northwestern is real cranberry sauce because it is the most intellectual of the Thanksgiving (laughs) foods. Like I want my cranberry sauce jiggly and holding all of the ridges of the can, um, which I said was Indiana because you know what? They don't necessarily um, win all of their football games, but they do know how to throw a party. If you've ever been to an Indiana tailgate, the whole point of their football team is for their students to tailgate. <laughs> That's the whole point. Um, so they're the canned cranberry sauce. But yeah, Northwestern is like the intellectual cranberry sauce. Um, and sometimes they can be a little snooty about the fact that they think they're smarter than the rest of us. But hey. they can, <laughs> but also they're not wrong. <laughs> Maybe. Um, well, anyway, great Michigan article. Yep. Was oh the, yeah, we got to address Michigan. Got to address them. They are the turkey. Um, they are the attention seeker. They think they're the main dish, but like, who really just wants a plate full of turkey? I will eat an obligatory slice of turkey. It's Thanksgiving is about the sides, and much like the Thanksgiving turkey will be stuffed on your Thanksgiving table on Thursday, Michigan is going to get stuffed on Saturday. That's a mic drop. Mic drop, yeah. (laughs) Incredible. Just incredible. Everybody check out the column, what Thanksgiving or what uh, each Big Ten team would be as a Thanksgiving side dish. All right. Well, on that note, uh, we can wrap things up with our thoughts for the game and our final score prediction. Uh, Megan, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so my final score prediction is 31-28 Ohio State. I think it's going to be an extremely close game. It might come down to, honestly, the final minutes. Um, but I think it'll both, you know, be a huge offensive game from both sides or both from both teams. Um, and honestly, my major key to the game is Ohio State has to establish a run game. I'm really, really hoping that Mayan Williams is good to go because I think he's going to be the major key. You know, Travion just hasn't really looked like himself the past few weeks, obviously not fully healthy either. But I think a nice combination of Mayan Williams being the bulldozer that he is. And then honestly, Dallin Hayden um, doing well, too. So I think if Ohio State can establish a run game, they will be good to go. Nice. Uh, Tia, what what are your thoughts? I think I'm going to have to go with 21-17. I don't know if it's going to be as high scoring just because of the running back issues. If they're, if we both have our running backs, I think it will be higher, but I don't know. I just think, I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring just because that's, that's how it goes with Ohio State, Michigan. And I think it's going to be a close game because God forbid we have a easy, relaxing game. <laughs> I hope for Megan's sake, though, I just keep thinking back to 2016. That was the greatest day of my life. Double overtime win. And then you rush the field. There's nothing better. Yeah, so, I want to storm you, the field, please. I hope it's a close game. I mean, you might storm the field either way, but when sure. it's like a close <laughs> overtime win, it's way more satisfying. Jamie, what are your thoughts? 
Um, well, I have a request for the students of Ohio State, which is if we win with a last second field goal, which is what my prediction is, and I'll get to that in a second, I would like to request that when you storm the field, you please remove the goalpost, take it to the bars, ride it <laughs> like a bull, and then <laughs> drop it in the Olentangy River, a la the students of Tennessee in the Alabama game. Um, so that is my my one request. Okay. I'll lead Note. this, Jamie. I'll Megan, spearhead the the rush. <laughs> take care of this for me. Um, <laughs> I do think that the game is going to be tied 21-21 until like the last two minutes. And I think that the ultimate um the ultimate deciding factor is going to be JJ McCarthy throwing long, which is his weak spot. Mm-hmm. Going to get picked off, and OS is going to return it just close enough to get within field goal range, and we're going to kick a last second field goal, and it will OSU will win twenty four twenty one. I like the drama, but I will go into this. Not kidding. Wait, um, you, you say that's too much. She, <laughs> she said, said she would go into labor. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I, I appreciate the drama. Like literally my acid reflux just like heightened um, hearing you talk about that though, Jamie. Um, <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to, for Tia and my sake, uh, I'm going, I'm going to go with uh, a little bit wider margin of victory because um, I'm going to like, soothe myself to sleep with us for the next few days. Um, I'm going to say 28 to 14. Um, and the reason that I say that is because, uh, obviously Ohio state has a very prolific offense, but Michigan's defense is still very good, just like they were last year. Um, but the thing is like, Jamie, you talked about this at the top of the show, what Jim Knowles has done with our defense has been a complete 180 compared to last year. And all of the things that led to Ohio State losing against Michigan last year feel like they have been shored up. Um, so not just defensively, but also our offensive line. Um, so yes, we're struggling running. We have injury issues. We know that. But CJ Stroud has only been sacked seven times this entire season, um, which is pretty incredible. And also I'm writing the preview for the game this week in the theme of Taylor Swift and look what she made me do. Um, because I feel like so many of the adjustments that we made in the off season were the result of what happened against Michigan last year. So with those adjustments, with Blake Corum being questionable with JJ McCarthy, like you said, Jamie really struggling on longer throws, which he's going to have to make if Michigan gets down at all. Um, I am anxiously and nervously hoping for a comfortable two touchdown victory. Okay. I love that. I, I hope so. That. I would love that. Did not- I mean, we would all love it. It that did nothing to quell my acid reflux, by the way. It's still like super high. <laughs> oh. All right. Anyway, uh, before we wrap up the show, uh, do we have any shout outs? Sure do. You want to kick us off, Jamie? Yes. Um, so I would like to shout out. I'm so sorry if I mispronounced this last name, but it's, I believe Dr. Paul, it's either like Jansen or Janssen. I don't know what pronunciation he uses, but he is an Ohio State hybrid teacher and researcher. 
who built a 200-pound Lego replica of Ohio Stadium and to and and has been like updating it as the stadium like as construction in the stadium is done or updates are made to the stadium he updates the legos to match um and it's currently on display in the library but that's not the cool part of it the cool part is that he is a heart researcher um for public for the public health um area in ohio state and uh he sells little lego fans like you can buy a little Lego fan version of yourself and put it in the stadium um, to fund the heart research. So this like beautiful Lego hobby that he had um, has turned into a massive fundraiser for public health um, and is ultimately saving lives. And so I just want to shout out that really cool work. I, I love that. Lego That's fan. so sweet. Yeah. And I know one of the largest someone someone purchased fans for their whole family um they sell for like 25 dollars a fan but this person donated fifty thousand dollars to purchase the fans for their family because they were a heart transplant recipient at the wexner medical center and they wanted to like give back to the university so shout out crying but like obsessed with this whole situation uh megan do you have a shout out yeah so Definitely not as great of a shout out as you, Jamie, but I just want to shout out good old Buckeye Donuts because, as I mentioned, I will be up very early that day and will probably be going all day long. So I will need some donuts to help keep me going. And obviously, Buckeye Donuts is a classic. They always hit the spot and I will probably be hitting them up more than once on Saturday. I had a paid ad. (laughs) I'm using my Buckeye Donuts mug right now. See, perfect. It's a sign. When they start delivering to California, it's over for me. I'll just buy one for you and then just ship it out. Oh, gosh. I want the <laughs> breakfast sandwich. That's what I need. I need them to figure out how to ship the breakfast sandwich. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Tia, do you have a shout out? <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> yes. But I'm reading now that you have... Blake Corum. Um, and knowing you, I feel like it's something nice, but keeping in spirit of the rivalry, my shout out was going to be whoever, <laughs> whoever hurt Blake Corum. <laughs> <laughs> because listen, he's fine, right? Like, like, you know, he's fine. He just probably not the best case for like a football player. So and we can say that because our running backs are hurt too. So you know what? This rivalry is dirty and mean, and I'm shouting out whoever hurt him. Oh my god! What are you gonna say? You're gonna be like, I hope he's okay. Okay. Well, sorry, Tia. I do apologize for what I'm about to say. However, um, as we discussed, we will never presume Ohio State <laughs> will lose on this podcast. So this is not that. Um, and yes, Blake Corum did get hurt last week. We hope he is okay as a human, but maybe not as a football player. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to say, but guys, uh, for the second straight year, Blake Corum used his NIL money to purchase turkeys, uh, and he handed them out to underserved communities in Michigan. Um, 
we can we can hate him on the field all we want. We can hope that, you know, he maybe can't suit up, but like that's pretty cool and thought it deserved a shout out because, you know, it is a dirty, it's an ugly rivalry. We definitely hate Michigan, but like, you know what, when the game's over, when we hang up the cleats, it's pretty cool that he is still serving his community. And I think we can recognize that. And hey, if he wants to do that on Saturday, maybe during the game, yeah, he wants to do it. Yeah. That'd be so nice of him. Yeah, for sure. Rest that knee up. Go serve your community. Yeah, they'll have an important bowl game coming up, surely. He's going to want to prep for that. (laughs) Yeah. Notre Dame, really. All right, that's all we have for today. As a reminder, you can follow Jamie at Jamie Urich, Tia at Tia Johnston underscore, Megan at Megan Hustline. Oh my God, there's so many. Me at Meredith Hine and the site at Landgrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl. And as always, go Bucks.